As I was preparing for my uh, sermon today, um, I was working on it uh, this past week, and I, I had a hard time getting started. Do you ever have a hard time getting started on things in life? Uh, you ever have a hard time just you, like you know, like I got to get something important done, and I just can't get going. It happens to me way too often, uh, and it was happening to me this week. Um, and I was dealing with this reality on Thursday, and typically I don't wait till Thursday to work on sermons, but I tried to take a couple of days off this week. But what happens when you take weeks off, or days off? Then you got more work to do the, the remaining days, and so it was all a mess. But I settled on my topic uh, for my passage, or for my message this morning, and, and our text could really take us in so many different directions, actually. It's a really rich and powerful story, so I encourage you all to get into it. But Today is going to be uh, fairly simple. I want to focus on gratitude. And to be honest, uh, gratitude is a a bit of a harder one for me, particularly uh, recently, but even my whole life. For those who know me um, well, they know that I can often be negative. Uh, And my wife knows this more than anyone. Uh, She said yes. (laughs) Amen from the back, you know. at times, I can view my life as kind of a burden, you know. Um, sometimes I wake up and I think about all the things I have to do today, you know, instead of being grateful for the things I get to do. Um, sometimes I miss the beauty because I'm focused on all the ugliness. Does anybody resonate with me on this, have this problem? I was telling uh, someone the other day that sometimes I... Uh, I tend to err on the side of lament instead of gratitude, you know, in this whole tension that we live in. And so, as I was writing my sermon, I was like almost ready. I was like about to start putting words on the, the Word document, you know. I was ready, and the doorbell rang, and, uh, and I was immediately the doorbell had rang. Is this going in and out, Dan? I may grab the other mic. keeps doing that, but... Um, I immediately, when the doorbell rang, I immediately was just like, like, seriously, like, I'm trying to work on this. And so I went to the door, and there were two women there, and they were wearing, like, identical, like, long, blou- long dresses and blouses. And, and I saw them, and they had books in their hands, and it looked like a Bible. And I was, like, immediately annoyed because I'm like, I don't want to be evangelized right now. I'm just in the middle of something important, you know, and, and so turns out like they, they weren't trying to evangelize me. I don't, maybe they had ulterior motives, but they're like, we just want to share an encouraging word with people in the community today. And so I was like, well, that's sweet, you know, and, and so they, they read a scripture uh, to me and, and told me, they're just like, yeah, we just want to encourage you to, to open the Bible and look to it, for, to it for guidance in your daily life. And I was like, thank you, you know, that's good, that's good. Um, and, and I got back to my office and I sat down and started working on my sermon. And, and I asked, I realized what I was working on was gratitude, was the theme of my message. And I started to ask some hard questions of myself. I'm like, did I really need to get so annoyed as soon as I heard the doorbell ring. You know, I wonder if I could have looked at that situation a little bit differently. I wonder if I could see that moment as more of a gift and less of a burden. 
perhaps even a gift I could have given, a gift I could have given to whoever was at the door, a gift of kindness, a gift of a listening ear, a gift of my presence, or a gift of some help if they needed it. Perhaps I could have viewed it as a gift I could have received in that moment, a gift of meeting a new person, a gift of an encouraging word, a gift of an unexpected conversation, or perhaps a gift of maybe even a new friend. And so I want to read our text for this morning, and then I just want to offer some thoughts about gratitude that have been important to me over the years, some things I needed to be reminded of in this moment that I'm living in right now. And so I'm going to read from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. So keep in mind, Jesus has been on his way to Jerusalem all the way since, I think, Luke chapter 9. And so he's taking a long time to get there, and it's a very roundabout way. Now he is, like, getting a lot more serious, and he's starting to make some movement um, towards Jerusalem. And so it begins, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Kind of in the borderland. Not sure exactly which one he's in. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. They were healed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. Praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Were the other, where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. So like I said earlier, there's a lot that we can learn from this particular story. Um, I could preach multiple sermons on this particular text, but for today, I really am just feeling like I want to focus on what's at the end, and it's the response of the Samaritan man who was healed. Like, what did he do after he realized he had been healed? The ten men with leprosy, they were standing at a distance. They saw Jesus, and they cried out to Jesus for mercy. And Jesus told them, he said, I want you to go and show yourselves to the priest. And that may seem a little confusing, but they had this skin condition that likely prohibited them from fully participating in society. And so Jesus was saying, go to the priest and essentially saying, you're going to be healed on your way there, and they're going to be able to prove that you don't have this anymore, and you can re-enter the world, and, and you can be healed of this condition. And so as they went on their way to see the priest, the text tells us that one of them in particular, a Samaritan man, noticed that his skin condition had improved, and it had gone. He was healed of this condition. Now, we don't know if the others failed to notice or not, but this man noticed. And once he saw that he had been healed, he immediately turned back and hurried to find Jesus. He was praising God in a loud voice, the text tells us. And when he finally got to Jesus, he threw himself 
at Jesus' feet and thanked him and praised him for the gift of healing that Jesus had just given him. All the men in the story were healed, but one man returned with joy and thanksgiving. He showed gratitude for what had been done for him. A few years ago, um, with the Common Good staff, I, I read a book with them, and it was uh, by a Benedictine monk uh, named David Stendel Rost, and it's called, uh, here's a copy of it, Gratefulness, the Heart of Prayer, an Approach to Life and Fullness. And I'd heard uh, this guy on uh, the On Being podcast that NPR does, and it was just really powerful, and then discovered the book, and, and we all decided to read it together. And he argues in this book, it's all about gratitude, but he argued that gratitude is really, it's not something we should just do every now and then, but gratitude ought to be a way of life. That we have to figure out how we can live a life of gratitude. And he argues that a grateful life ultimately is a full life. And he offers a very simple guide uh, to grateful living. And, and it's stuck with me over the years. I've shared it once before here a few years back, but I want to share it again. And it's so simple that children can understand it. It's really what we tell children uh, before they cross the street. You tell children that you need to stop, you need to look, and then you can go. And so this is his advice for how we can begin to live a grateful life. And so I want to break this down for you, this stop, look, go. So the first piece of advice is to stop. We have a hard time stopping, I think, in our culture. Um, I was just talking to uh, my uh, sister-in-law, and we were talking about just the busyness after the pandemic uh, yesterday, and just how, like, we had this opportunity to stop many of us, and we realized, oh, this actually feels pretty good to slow down, to not have as many things in our schedule, to really get quiet and experience a little bit of just downtime but we've just quickly gotten back into just the incredible busyness. And I think in our lives, we, we need to stop. We need to get quiet. We need to slow down. He talks about how we need to build stop signs in our lives where it forces us to slow down and to stop. Our culture is constantly moving and working. We're so busy, and, and there's all this noise and distraction and I truly don't believe we can be grateful people if we don't take time to stop. You know, some things that we could consider, you know, I, this is true, I think, for most of us here, but, but we could consider turning off some of the technology for a period of time. Our phones, the computer, the television. I've heard people uh, suggest taking a technology fast uh, for maybe a few hours that may feel like a lifetime for some of you who are attached to your phone, you know, or maybe even for a, a, a whole day, potentially. We, my wife and I went on a sabbatical in 2020, and my wife literally didn't bring her phone on the entire month-long sabbatical we had and left it at home. And, and it was such a liberating thing for her to set that aside and say, I don't need this. I'm going to focus and, and just, like, put that out of my life for a bit. Consider taking a day off work uh, every week. Some of us work every single day of the week, and we never take time 
to slow down. If you're in school and you're also working at the same time, sometimes it feels impossible to do that, right? Because you always have something else you have to be working on because you're never caught up, right? But I think it's important for us to consider maybe taking a whole day where I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to trust the world's going to keep moving and I'll be all right the day after. We could be slow to speak. We could listen more often. We could say no to some of those events or those holiday parties that are going to start building up here soon. Could cancel a trip you have planned. Tell your family you can't show up to everything they want you to show up to. You know, I think part of the reason I was so annoyed that day on Thursday is because I am just way too busy uh, the last few weeks. And, and I had no space for anything outside of what I wanted to do or felt like I needed to do because I was too busy. And I couldn't be grateful because I had too much on my plate. And I know it's easier said than done to stop. But I think that's got to be a first step. The second one, so we stop, but then once we stop, he encourages us to look. To look. To pay attention to your life. Pay attention to what's going on around you. To look inward and do some of that kind of soul searching. Consider the good things in your life. You know, in a given moment, we always have the opportunity to look around and to think and to consider, to smell, to see, to hear, to touch, to taste, to feel, to pay attention, to be aware. You know, we can walk through our lives just totally oblivious to what's really going on all around us sometimes. And, and this is hard for, for those of us, uh, for all of us, I believe. You know, a, a thing that I'm really feeling like I want to get back into that it's been quite a long time, I, I think since even before the pandemic, I've actually journaled on a consistent basis. But it's something that really helps me because when I stop and I decide to do it, it's a way to really focus my energy and my thoughts so that I can actually try to discover a bit of what I'm actually thinking. Because I don't know what I'm thinking sometimes until I start writing it down and start actually like trying to put it on paper and put words to it. And so it helps me tremendously to look at my day, to look at my life, to look at my feelings. Some people keep gratitude journals where every day they just write down what they're grateful for in that given day. And I think we'll be surprised sometimes that even in a really bad day, there may be a lot of things that we could still say, oh, there was some goodness there. There was some beauty there. There was something good even in the midst of the difficulties. Another way to look is to listen to the people that you are with. Um, I got, sometimes, my wife's really good at conversation. She's a great listener. So sometimes when we're together, I just let her do all the stuff. And I can just, like, tune out completely and let her kind of push forward things. And, and like, I need to remind myself on a consistent basis, like, no, I need to listen. I need to be present and engaged with what's going on in front of me and the people that I'm with. You know, a struggle I have is I eat really quick. And so sometimes I think, like, man, I just need to slow down and taste the food that I'm enjoying because I love to eat. But sometimes we don't even consider this wonderful gift of food that we have in front of us. Um, one of my friends was telling me yesterday that she did a cheese-making course, and she said it was the most spiritual experience for her because she slowed down enough, stopped, and, and noticed like the process of how this comes to be and this wonderful food that she loves and really felt connected to God and His provision and what He's gifted us with here in this earth. Um, my friend Valentine reminds me to smell the flowers, to listen to the birds, to notice the living things that are all around us. You can see the faces of the people 
that you encounter. You can see the laughter and the smiles from the children that are in your life. You know, I was walking to church today, and, and sometimes I put on a podcast, and I kind of just do that whole thing, but I have to be intentional to not do that sometimes and just to enjoy the walk. And it's a way to stop and slow down, but then also to look. And I noticed, like, the colors and the sun, all of it was just so beautiful. And I felt grateful in that moment for the gift that God's given us today. And ultimately, I think it's a challenge to be present, to pay attention, to be in the moment. You know, the Samaritan man in the story, you know, like, he saw a lot. He was able to look and see I've been healed. I think often God is transforming us and healing us and doing work in our lives, and we don't slow down enough to see what God is actually teaching us and what He's actually doing in our lives. He saw Jesus and recognized that Jesus had this power and love and compassion flowing from Him and knew to reach out to Jesus. And He saw that gift that Jesus had given Him. So stop, look, and then the last step is to go. And it just means to, to do something, to respond to the gift that you notice. Respond to the goodness that you see in your life. Enjoy the gift that you discover. You know, maybe when you stop and then you look, you're like, man, I, I'm doing pretty well financially. I, I'm doing all right, and I'm grateful for that. Maybe a way you can go is to share what you have and to give some of that away to bless somebody who might be in need. Maybe you decide, I... I've got some free time and flexibility in my life. Maybe I can volunteer and, and get involved somewhere and, and reach out to others. Maybe you just want to go say thank you to someone who gave you the gift that you noticed and say, I'm just going to reach out to them and thank them for what they did for me. Maybe you notice and you stop and you look and you're like, man, I got these awesome kids in my life who drive me crazy, yet they are so much joy, and you just say, I'm going to play with them for a bit and just tune all this other stuff out and invest in them right now in this moment. That's a way to respond to what that gift that you see. Some people are artistic and want to paint something or write a poem or sing a song. could call a friend who is struggling. When you discover that gift of life, that gift of grace, that gift of love, go and share that gift with others. Stop, look, go. I want to read a quote by Henry Nouwen that I, I read a few years ago. And I don't know why, but it kind of jumped out to me. And, and I want to share it and then say just a few words about it. But he says, when we persist in looking at the shadow side, we'll eventually end up in the dark. And he argues that we often have a choice to choose bitterness, or to choose gratitude. And I think we can always, I'm really good at seeing the shadow side of just about everything. You know, you tell me something good, I can tell you a way it's going to mess up, or it's not good, you know. And, and I think even encouraging words, even thoughtful things people can do for us, even meaningful experiences, we can easily see kind of that shadow side of that experience. I'll give you just a simple example. I, some people have told me this before, give me the compliment. They say, John, you're really growing as a preacher. And, and for me, like, that's a really kind thing to say to somebody. But for me, often what I can hear is that, well, I must have not been a very good preacher to begin with, you know? Like, no joke, that's where my mind goes immediately. And there are countless moments in our days when we can choose to be grateful or we can choose the path of bitterness. 
And too often I think we choose bitterness. Too often we see only the shadow side of everything. And I think a lot of us are struggling in the dark. There are churches and communities all across our nation that are stuck in the dark because they've chosen bitterness over gratitude over and over and over again. And I think families struggle with this, can get into these ruts. I know anybody who's been married knows that you can get in these ruts very easily, sink into those bad habits of choosing bitterness. And I think it's liberating and healing often for, to take that regular, intentional time just to speak encouraging words to one another, to build each other up instead of tearing each other down. And I think communities as a whole could benefit from this practice. What if we took time to intentionally lift one another up and tell each other what we appreciate about one another? It could be a healing experience for us. And I, I just want to be honest with you all. Talking about gratitude right now, for me at this moment in my life, is just really, really hard. Um, many of you all know I've been on a journey of foster care, my wife and I, for Oh, two years now, and it's been the most, probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life, and, and it was way more painful and difficult than I ever could have imagined, and many of you all know that just like a little over a month ago, we found out that our first foster son passed away, and, and that's just been like a really, really, really hard season, the hardest thing I've ever faced in my life. Um, the loneliness and the grief and the anger have at times been consuming over the last few weeks. And on top of all that, the world just seems to be falling apart. There's so much heartache and suffering and pain and violence all across our world, directly impacting so many people um, that I love. And I, I had to ask myself the question, can I be grateful even in the midst of all the pain? You know, I, and I, I'll be honest, I'm struggling and praying through that question right now. Um, I don't have like a 100% correct answer to give you on that. Um, but at this point in my journey, um, what I'm thinking personally is that for me, it's probably even more important uh, to practice gratitude um, in the, even in the midst of all the trauma and the suffering because I've got I've to intentionally do this or it's really easy to get sucked down into that dark hole, you know, where it just feels like everything is falling apart. To take time to stop and to look and to go. And I'll be honest with you, it's not easy to stop. Uh, you know that when you're going through hard times, sometimes it's harder to want to stop because that's when all the pain kind of comes to the surface. <laughs> and you're like, it's easier just to stay busy and keep going and, and try to ignore what's going on. But I will say in some of those moments recently when I have stopped, I have been able to look and see some gifts. I've been able to see some gifts that I've received even in the midst of the dark times. There's encouraging things people have done for me, the good moments that we've had. With Kai recently, just the family coming into town and spending those moments with them. I've been able to see a lot of good things, even in the midst of the challenging stuff. And I've even been able to respond in some ways, you know, like drawing closer to family and friends. Uh, Laura and I, at times, have been able to connect in a deeper way um, through, the, through the struggle. We've been able, I've been able to show compassion and love to others who are experiencing grief because, like, I understand it a bit more now after going through something really hard. And, and also being able to give thanks to God and to others who have shown up for us through this season. And I'm just going to be honestly, I'm never going to be grateful for tragic loss or suffering or trauma. I'm not grateful for those things. And, and I think sometimes we get confused, at least 
I've heard some people say we got to be grateful for all the, the bad things too. And, and I don't think that's true. I think that the evil and suffering in the world, there's no reason to be grateful for that. It's not God's desire and it's not God's will for us. God wants goodness uh, for us and good things. Though I am trying to lean into the idea that I can be grateful even in the midst of dealing with these things. Um, because I believe Jesus is walking with us through this intense darkness. And perhaps that's what Paul is talking about when he tells us to be grateful in all circumstances. It's not to be grateful for all the circumstances, but in those circumstances, we can still choose uh, to try to be grateful people in the midst of it, even as we deal with really hard stuff. And so what I'd love to do uh, this morning as we end our time together um, with this message is to practice a little bit of what we're talking about um, we've already done some of this earlier in the service, but I'll, I'll explain what we're going to do, and then I'll give us a moment to do it. But I want us to stop just for, I'll give you a minute or two to stop and just to rest, get quiet. And then I want you to look. You could look with your eyes, but look with your mind, your heart, your spirit, and consider the things that you have this morning to be grateful for, the gifts that are, are given to you. The, maybe it's something right now, even in this moment that you are feeling grateful for. Maybe it's something just that you think about over the course of your life. And then I love if people are courageous enough to share those with the group, and that can be a way we can respond. And also we'll respond by sharing communion, which is often called like a, the great thanksgiving. It's an opportunity to give thanks to God uh, for the blessings and for the gifts that we see in our lives. And so I'm going to give us a moment just to stop, and y'all can Settle yourself down. Maybe we take a couple more deep breaths. And then just take a minute or two just to, to look, to, to look inward, to look around even in this room and think about something that you can be grateful for this morning.